Listener Production. Stick with us on Footy Talk. Coming up on today's show, we are talking with Kirsty Lamb about all things to do with her AFLW career. Of course, 2018 Western Bulldogs Premiership player, 2022 Best and Fairest and All-Australian in that same year. We're going to talk all things about her career and, of course, preview the huge grand final coming up this weekend, North vs Brisbane, 2.30 on Sunday at Icon Park. You're listening to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFLW. And to kick off the grand final week, we have a very special guest, Kirsty Lamb. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a pleasure to have you in the Footy Talk studio. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the chat. How's the off-season going? First of all, we've had a few weeks off now. Um, have you got the craziness out of the way and you're back into reality? Uh, yeah, it's not going to lie. It's been nice to just, um, yeah, take the foot off the pedal for a, a couple of weeks um, and sort of relax a little bit, but um, obviously still working at the moment um, throughout that time. So, yeah, footy hours have obviously stopped. I've replaced them with uni hours, so life's still a little bit hectic at the <laughs> moment. Um, but it has been nice to sort of step away from footy for a little bit and um, catch up with friends and family, which you sort of don't get to do a heap of during the in-season just because it's so hectic. Um, but, yeah, it's been nice to sit back and just watch some footy as well. Well, let's get into your career because you actually came up through most juniors, played a little bit at Diamond Creek, played over 150 games for Diamond Creek in women's football. That's pretty big coming into the AFLW scheme of things because not many people get to play that many games for their club before the league actually started. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started playing at Dymo when I was, I'm going to go 15. I reckon I had to wear a helmet in my first year because they, I was the youngest player and I think they made a rule that you have to wear a helmet. <laughs> Until you're 16. So I think I played the... They uh, saw your registration and thought, yeah. we need to make up a rule for this girl. So <laughs> Put a helmet on it. <laughs> chucked a helmet on for the first year. Uh, but yeah, obviously played a number of years um, at Dymo and sort of chopped and changed um, with cricket along those sort of few years. But um, yeah, obviously a, a creaker at heart and, um, you know, love Dymo, still um, keeping contact with a few of those players and um, they've all sort of moved on or got kids or, or married or, um, you know, some of them are still playing football. And um, yeah, I always will always love love Dymo and always try and get back there where possible. Who are some of those crew that came out of Diamond Creek? So the ones that you keep in contact with, the ones that played sort of AFLW or are still playing? Yeah, yeah. So like Millie Barden, Shay Audley, um, Laura Corrigan are sort of a couple of names that have all now got, um, you know, two or three or four kids and, um, you know, they all sort of stick together. Um, we've got a bit of a Dymo group chat, um, which still gets a good run, um, <laughs> you know, particularly in AFLW season when something pops up. Um, but yeah, a lot of the girls sort of um, keep in contact sort of via that sort of group chat and um you know often there's someone's popping up saying you know I'm having a baby and you know everyone gets around them and um yeah there's sort of plenty of girls that um keep in contact with each other which is you know what footy is all about or it's what sport's all about really which I think is um you know super important even though they've left the game um a number of years ago um you know still keeping contact which is nice yeah definitely and speaking of other sports so you grew up playing cricket was cricket your first sport no nah, I reckon footy was footy so yeah. footy then cricket so how did you get that sort of happening at the one time when what what age did you start playing cricket because we all know about your big bash career and your WNCL <laughs> career which probably came before big bash because that's sort of the pathway through cricket um yeah. and then were able to play for the Melbourne Renegades in the inaugural season of the big bash with um the eight games that they had then and then made the transition full-time over to football but how did that all work yeah I think obviously as a youngster growing up um 
footy and cricket were sort of my two main main sports. And obviously when I grew up, they were predominantly male sports. Um, there wasn't many sort of females and there certainly wasn't – I wasn't visible um, at that stage. And obviously there was no AFLW uh, and so that kind of pushed me almost into cricket a little bit more just because there was um, a bit more of a, a pathway for, for female cricketers um, – certainly when I was going through. Um, so, yeah, sort of got picked up in some of the underage cricket stuff um, and then just sort of followed that pathway into sort of Vic Spirit. Um, and I think my first contract there was when I was 17. Um, and then, yeah, obviously had a number of years in the system with the, with the Vicks. Uh, and then obviously WBBL started on the back of the men's BBL that had been going for a few years. We did play 2020s. We used to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'd travel um, on like a Thursday and we played 2020 on a Friday and one day on a Saturday that day, 2020 on a Sunday and fly back home. Um, and, and get we, paid $10 for it. Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> I think my um, my first contract was a $100 fuel voucher. Um, oh, so that, that got me that got me real far from Yarrambat into MCG four days a week. That was like at least a petrol tank. That'd be worth a fair bit these days too. It would. Because of how the price of petrol, that would have just incrementally increased yeah. from now. So, so if anything, that was great. 100 bucks went straight to dad because he was still driving me <laughs> at that stage. So. Thanks, Good dad. Good work, dad. Um, but, yeah, obviously the game of cricketers uh, evolved so much over, um, you know, the last decade. Uh, and obviously I think footy will have a pretty similar similar trend. But, yeah, obviously just played Renegades a little bit. I, I didn't have the greatest of cricket careers. Like if you look at my um, – my career stats and stuff. Uh, fair to say, I was pretty good at making Gatorade. Um, <laughs> I did a lot of watching of cricket. I didn't do a heap of playing, but I uh, I still sort of loved it. I, I obviously walk away with plenty of friends um, playing t- the both footy and cricket in the first year or second year. I had a two year contract with the Renegades, which was the first year of the footy. So I sort of had that crossover. Um, there was a few of us back in the day. There was myself, Nat Plain, both played at Renegades together. Um, Jess was Jess Cameron, now Jess Duffin. Um, Emma Carney, both sort of um, at the stars at various stages. Um, I think Delissa Kimmins played a little bit. Uh, Webby played. Like There's a few of us that sort of in those first few years were sort of playing two sports at the, at the time. So yeah, obviously um, got well, in footy terms, delisted, but um, pretty much got sacked from cricket um, from both of them, and which in a way was like probably a good thing because um, then I could just focus on footy. And I've always loved footy more than I did cricket. I just didn't have a pathway for footy when I was growing up. So, uh, yeah, that sort of all happened pretty quickly at the end of the second year of um, WBBL starting and, um, yeah, just focus on footy. So you were playing WBBL at the time that you got the call up to be drafted or that you found out you were drafted. Is that correct? Did that happen at the same time? Yeah, pretty much. So 2016, when the draft happened, 2016 was an interesting year in my life. Um, I, as I said, average cricket career, and I was sort of at that crossroads where I knew AFLW was going to start, and I was like, do I want to cross to footy? Do I really want to put my head down and have a good crack at cricket? I actually went over to the UK um, for three months and played a summer over there, which meant that I missed pretty much all of footy season. And I was, and I knew that was a big decision because uh, everyone would have had eyes on footy that year given the draft was coming up, we're going to have to draft so many people. So um, I made that call to go over to um, yeah, the UK and, and lived in over there for three months. And that was the best time of my life. Again, didn't play a lot of cricket, but geez, I had a good social life. Yeah, good. Um, and it taught me a lot, a lot about myself and just, you know, that something That would have prepared different. you very well for AFLW. Oh, it really did. It really, <laughs> really did. Um, and then, yeah, came back. I think I played five games um, that year and just was like lucky enough to obviously get picked up in the draft and whatnot. But from a cricket perspective, yeah, I was sort of like juggling – WBBL, so we were on the road a fair bit, 
um, which meant I missed a lot of pre-season with footy. Um, but I also wasn't playing a lot of cricket. So I sort of wasn't training for footy and wasn't playing for cricket, but I was just on the road all the time. So it was sort of an interesting one. Um, but I had obviously renegades and the dogs worked super closely together, which I was super luck- lucky. Um, and they kind of kept me fit. Um, I did have a stressy in my foot that year coming into the first. So I didn't play at all WBBL um, in the first AFLW year because they were, the cricket were trying to get me through for footy. Yeah. Um, as much as I wanted to play cricket, they probably did the right thing by me and um, not actually pick me even when I could have played um, to get me right for footy. And, yeah, lucky enough, obviously played all the, all the games in the first year, um, even though I was a little bit disappointed not to play a, a game of cricket that year. But, yeah, juggling the two was certainly challenging. But at the time, it's like it's all you knew and you just wanted to play sports. So... Well, I was, I was pretty lucky. So the first AFLW draft was obviously a massive draft with all of the teams or the six teams at the time yep. needing to fill their players. You were taken as pick 138 overall. Yep. Did you know pre-draft that you were likely to go somewhere or was it this whole you sat around for hours watching the draft, <laughs> just anxiety growing and growing and then eventually it happened? Yeah, I remember draft day like it was yesterday. Um, I had no idea. I obviously just put my, my name forward and um, yeah, obviously didn't know what was going to come of it. Um, I My brother actually hurt himself at work and my parents were overseas. So we we're sitting um, in the emergency room at a hospital um, and I was watching it on his phone, watching the draft. Um, and I got to pick 120 and I turned it off because I was like, oh, all my mates from Dymo are all getting picked and I'm not going to get picked. So I actually turned it off um, and we had cricket training that night. And so at this stage I was in the team with um, Emma Carney and, and Jess Duffin, um, who Khan's got taken prior. Yep, she was a priority pick, I think. I think for, she, yeah, she was yep, for the dogs. And yep. then Jess got picked up in the, the draft. And I'm trying to think whether Nat Plain was there or not at that stage. But anyway, I was driving to cricket um, and I got a text message from a good family friend going, oh my God, like, I can't believe you got picked. And I sort of pulled over on the freeway quickly tried to get the draft back up on my phone um, and I'd miss my name coming up and I missed hearing my name get called out. Um, but then obviously the, the phone started going <laughs> off and, yeah, you've been picked, like go dogs and all this sort of stuff. I was like, oh, cool, like I made it. So, yeah, I missed all of it. Um, that pretty much sums me up. I wasn't patient enough to sit there and watch the whole thing. So <laughs> it, does, it does sum you it, up. It really does. Um, so, yeah, just like, like obviously just scraped in. I think it was at 142. 138. I, I was 138 but in 140 out of 142 players oh, I think right. it was. So, yeah. like. Yeah, literally the one of the very very last. So yeah, just scraped in the first year. Yeah, wow. And then ended up. Did you go to you went to training that night with Carney? Yeah, it was all pretty exciting. Obviously, um, yeah, myself and Jessica got um, drafted, and and Carnes had already been picked. So it was a pretty exciting night. Although we we're <laughs> trying to get ready for a different sport, but nonetheless, it was yeah, still super exciting. Were you really excited to be able to play with Carney then? Because obviously yep. at the same club at that time, a good friend of yours that yeah. you've gone on this cricket journey together, and now you're starting your AFLW journey together as well. Yeah, I was so excited because um, I'm quite good mates with, with Carnes and um, we played a lot of cricket against each other, even you know, WBBL, which was at the Stars, I was at the Renegade. So we played a lot of cricket against each other um, and it was just sort of nice to go, oh, we finally get to play with each other, um, albeit a different sport. But yeah, no, it was super nice. I was um, obviously pumped to, yeah, get drafted by the dogs and, and play some footy with her. Lovely. So 
Got into it, made your debut against Fremantle at Witten Oval, won the first game. That yep. must have felt nice. But then following match, you um, got a suspension. How did that come about? You've had one game, one one match suspension. Jeez. Yeah. Bad be, gal lammy. <laughs> I'll be on a bottle top one day as the first AFLW player that's um, suspended. So, Ooh, niche. Um, that's yeah, a great trivia question. It is. I don't know if you want to be that person, but meh, I'll take it. Um, yeah, no, I just sort of collided um, with, a, with a Freo girl and – um, we, it was, um, it was actually a catch, um, and she's about three foot taller than me. Um, so I've done well to, well, well to try and hit her in the head, but we sort of <laughs> collided, um, for a bit of like, um, was almost like a bit of a, sh- sort of kind of like a shiver, oh, like front on contact. She marked the ball, she went to play on and I sort of came in and for a tackle and just kind of collided heads. Um, and yeah, definitely had, I had a sore cheek for a couple of days and I'm sure she had a bit of a sore head, but yeah, got suspended, um, unfortunately after that, but yeah, missed the one, I think it's the only game I've missed in my career. I think. Well, um, well, we we love that at Footy Talk. The first ever AFLW player to be you suspended. You heard it, yeah. That's exactly what we love here. So well done. Congratulations. <laughs> thanks, thanks. What a milestone that achievement. is. <laughs> now, fast forward, 2018, Premiership player for the Western Bulldogs. I played yeah. against you in that grand uh, final. Yeah. I don't like to talk about it. For the sake of this, I'm over it. I can talk to you about sure. it. Um, ended up finishing third in the club's best and fairest. Um, huge game. You had 12 disposals, laid eight tackles, and you guys won by six points against us, the Brisbane Lions at Icon Park. Take us through that whole day. That must have been amazing for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously you probably felt pretty similar, but turning up and it was absolutely pouring with rain. I've never felt rain quite like it. I remember warming up and it was like you had to kind of shield your face because it was just hitting you so hard. Um, it was it was awful day in Melbourne. Um, but Poor old Missy Higgins fell off mi- the stage that day. Yeah, Missy didn't, didn't go overly well. No. Um, which, well, she did go over, but not well. well. Yeah, <laughs> not, not well at all. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, obviously, um, you know, every kid dreams of playing in a premiership. Um, we obviously got the job done, which was super exciting. We finished bottom of the ladder the year before. So to turn that around, obviously it's very different structure in the, the game to what it looks like now. But, yeah, to, to play in that was um, incredible to say that, you you know, a premiership player is something that you can, like, always sort of take with you, I guess. It's something that you'll always look back on. And, um, you know, you look at some of those names that we had in that team, like that was a phenomenal team. And you look at, yeah, the names and, and what they've been able to do with their career since 2018 is is staggering. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we had a very, very good side. Um, and, yeah, some of those girls have gone on to do some incredible things. And you always look back on it. We had a, a reunion was it a five-year reunion um, at some stage? And, like, even that was just nice to, to see some players, um, even coaches and staff and, and the likes that have been through um, women's football at that stage. It was just nice to connect. So I think that's something that I'll look forward to, you know, as the years go on is when you um, find a way to connect with with these people is you've got that sort of special memory or special bond that you, you'll always have with each other. So, yeah, super nice feeling. Given the players at that premiership as well you guys are going to have some fantastic stories as yeah. your reunions go <laughs> yeah. on just with where everyone's ended up obviously players sort of all over the place yep. um yeah that's probably one of the things that most players in the men's competition say is the most special about winning a premiership just those reunions that you have and yep. being able to ride that wave together got a few teammates now that are in the grand final this week which we'll touch on yeah in a little bit but that's yep. exciting um your 2022 season was a huge season for you probably yep. it says you a breakout but I think you're already ready 
on most people's radar as a pretty good player in the competition, but finally achieved uh, the AA team, probably a long time coming in my opinion. You won't need to say anything on that, but um, probably should have been an All-Australian a long time before that, but also voted by your peers as the most courageous player, which I think if, like, from that, without AFLPA, obviously the the players all vote on the awards. Was that yep. something that was pretty special to you as well? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, like getting, um, you know, the W Awards or, or All-Australian, those are obviously a great achievement um, and, again, something that you always look back on. But I think for me, like awards that are voted by your peers is something that um, is really special and, um, you know, every award sort of has, you know, whether it be coaches or umpires or, or, or players and I just think the players one speaks volumes. Um, there's nothing more special than being voted an award by your, your teammates um, or like certainly the people that you, you play against. Um, so, yeah, incredibly humble to receive that. Um, and, you know, there's been a, a number of, I think Chelsea Rand was won it three or four times. So, like, there's a number of players that um, in the game who um, are certainly courageous in, in many ways, both on and off the field. But, yeah, obviously we've got um, W Awards tonight, but MVP Awards tomorrow night. So um, we'll see who, get, who gets nominated tomorrow night. But um, there's plenty of, plenty of good names on the list of, of people to pick from, that's for sure. Well, stick around. We will be touching on those AFLW Awards, which are this evening. Um, and we'll also be talking about the prelim finals that just occurred and previewing the grand final as well. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you have questions for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. We're talking with Kirsty Lamb, Premiership Player for the Bulldogs, All-Australian and AFL Players Association Most Courageous Player Award. Now, Lammy, did you get an eye on the prelims over the weekend? I did. I certainly did. I watched both of the games, both two ripping games, I thought. Phenomenal football. How much mm. do you think, and there was a little bit of talk over the weekend, the standard of those games, if you compare yep. them to sort of prelim finals of the past few seasons, I think it's just really exploded this season. Those two games were two exceptional displays of women's football. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I don't reckon I've seen women's football that competitive, um, that skillful, high scoring. I just thought the weekend of footy was was really good. Um, I think it sort of sets the tone of what's to come in, in future years of the game um, as we obviously start to become a little bit more full-time, a bit more professional um, I, I think that will only have an impact on um, on-field performances. And, yeah, I thought both games were um, obviously both super close. Um, it could have gone either way at any stage. I thought there was momentum swings um, in both games at, at different stages. Both teams looked like taking it away and the other team would crawl it back a little bit. So, um, yeah, I was obviously there yesterday um, and, and watched um, North get a, a very close win. But, yeah, I thought both very, very good games of football and it, and it sets it up for a cracking grand final next week. On that grand final, so we've got North taking on Brisbane at 2.30 this Sunday at Icon Park. Tickets are available today, so jump on and grab them. Get there. Let's pack out Icon Park as much yep. as we can. Who's your tip and anything you're sort of really excited and looking at in that game? Yeah, I'm going to go with North. Uh, I think I, I've had a good feeling about them um, the whole final series. I thought when they got the, the win earlier to put them into the prelim, I just thought they played some really exciting quality brand of football. And uh, I thought they showed that again yesterday. They have a, a number of contributors um, across all lines. And I think that's obviously super important when you've got players in good form, particularly this time of the year. So my tip is um, with North, I'd love to see them get a win, um, get a, a Melbourne team, not that I'm you know biased at all, but I just <laughs> Thing. You know, Brisbane obviously been in, is it their fifth 
fifth uh, grand final. So they've obviously been super competitive for a, for a long time, even though they've lost um, a few players along the, the way. They've still found a way to um, play some really good football and give themselves um, opportunities to win premierships. So I think it'll be a great game. It's going to be super close. Um, I hope we get a lot of people to, to Icon Park. Yeah, I'll certainly be going and cheering on the, the three girls who used to wear the Bulldogs jumper. But um, nonetheless, uh, I'd love to see North get a win. Well, who's your tip for the best on ground in the grand final? Who do you think will get it? Oh, I think oh, I think it's hard to go past Jazzy Garner. I think she's had a phenomenal year. Um, if she keeps playing football the way she's played this week or this year, it's, it's going to be hard to um, to sort of go go past her. I think so. I feel like she'll probably win best on ground um, from a Brisbane's perspective. Oh, I could go. I could really go to anyone. Um, oh, I probably don't even have an. They're also so stacked across sort of every line. I thought their defence was brilliant. Um, on the weekend, the likes of, you know, Shannon Campbell sort of holding up down there, but then being able to push forward and, and try and, you know, contribute up there. But, um, yeah, I think there's probably anyone from Brisbane could win it too. But Jazzy Garner, I think, will probably take out every award possible this year. Yeah, I think if North win, it's going to be on the back of Jazz Garner having a, a big performance. I think Kathy Spark might spend a fair bit of time with her as well to try yep. and quell her influence. But, yeah, I think if you look around the ground, there's just going to be exceptional matchups everywhere. Yeah, um, and that's what I think everyone will be looking forward to. Like there's matchups across every line and not even just one across each line. There'll be multiple sort of key matchups um, throughout the weekend. It's just a matter of like who gets momentum at what stages and, and what do they do with it and how big of an impact they can have. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good game of football. I think the one thing that will really disrupt Brisbane is that question mark over Dakota Davidson. If yep. she can't get up and play, that's going to really upset their structure. You know what it's yeah. like when a big key forward goes out and yep. she's been their key pillar down there as well. Yeah, she has. And I think, I mean, we obviously played North a couple of times, you know, this year in the practice match and in season and they are super tall. I know Brisbane's also tall, but you lose, if you do lose a, a Dakota, then, you know, it means that like North are tall and it's like it's sometimes your teams, you know, you might have, you know, Kingy and, and Kate Sheila and, and Randall down in the forward line. It's like not every team has three tall defenders. So one of them is going to get on off the chain a little bit. And um, yeah, I think if uh, Brisbane probably like they need Dakota to play, I think to give them the best chance possible to, to win because she's obviously had a great year as well. But yeah, I think it'll obviously change the, the structure of their team as we, we was Campbell that I think went down forward um, when she went off. So that then leaves them one short in, in the back line. And, you know, I just think it would be, it'd be really interesting to see how they shape up if Dakota doesn't play. Yep, so Lammy's tip, North, Jazz Garner for the best on yep. ground. Um, let's get into the W Awards then tonight. So obviously All-Australian decided, yep. um, Rising Star and Best and Fairest for the year. Yep. All-Australian, I just want to touch on quickly a teammate of yours, Ellie yep. Blackburn. So she's up against some pretty esteemed company in the midfield and yep. I completely understand it's hard to squeeze everyone into that team. Just from what you've seen on the field watching her every game this year, Yeah. Do you think that she probably warrants a selection in the All-Australian team? Yeah, and I'd try not to say that yes with, without being biased. I think, um, you know, she's had a phenomenal year. Um, she's incredibly consistent. And that's not to say that, like, there's a lot of players that are, um, you know, very consistent, um, you know, Carney, for instance, um, you know, Noffy, Hatchard, Chloe Malloy. Um, there's plenty of players that um, sort of stack up and have, have been consistent over a number of years. But, yeah, there's obviously a number of players that, um, 
you know, could or even Georgie Prisparkas. I forgot, well, both Prisparkas, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but there's just so many players that could run through the midfield. Um, I, I really hope on what's been a pretty tough season for us, I really hope that, that she gets rewarded tonight. She deserves it. Um, she leads by the front, obviously, week in, week out for us. And um, she's a quality midfielder. And, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to see her get rewarded tonight with an AA. Yeah, and I think the thing that other people don't consider is how much of the load she's had to shoulder in the yep. midfield for us this year with injuries, yep. with personnel coming in and out. Um, I don't think a lot of the other midfielders have had to do that to that extent. Um, mm-hmm. So I really, personally, I agree. I really hope, and we're obviously biased, um, <laughs> yeah. but I really hope from seeing what the work that she's been able to do, really hope she gets rewarded for that this evening. Yes, yeah, she, she takes on such a load. And, you, and you're right, you look across, um, you know, some of the other players that have been selected in the in the 40 um, have probably got one or two players that sit around them that, you know, help contribute um, throughout the year. And, and Ali probably hasn't had that. Um, over a lot over this season. Um, we've obviously had, you know, a few players like your Fitzies and your Pritchards and stuff like that really step up and take their game to a whole new level. But um, I just think Alleyway has so much weight on her on her shoulders and, yeah, I, I sort of tend to agree. I hope she gets rewarded tonight. Who's your tip for the rising star? Obviously, Ellie Morfitt was flying high but yeah. missed, I think, the last four few. games. Yep. Um, who do you think will take that one out? She would have been up there, obviously. Um, I think Matilda Schultz uh, will – I don't know if she'll win it, but she's a chance of winning it. Um, is it Aisling from Geelong? Um, I think she's been super for for her first year to, to come from, um, you know, Ireland and, and play Gaelic footy to sort of come in and, and play a slightly different game. I think she's had a, a pretty good year. So I'd probably go with those two as the top three. I think any of them could take it out. Yeah, Matilda Schultz has been amazing, I think. Yep. Ali Morford, obviously being the dominant ruck in the competition early on, took so much of her yeah. thunder away yep. from her. But I watched her play St Kilda um, early in the season and she is just a jet. Yeah, she's going to be a real good player. Um, obviously so young and um, got so much talent, raw talent already that can only, you know, go, the sky's the limit really for her. But the same with the, the other girls as well. But yeah, I think she's obviously, I think she played all 10 games. So, or yeah, so she sort of probably play a little bit more games than, than Ali, but um, nonetheless, they've all sort of had a great year, particularly if you can come in and um, compete with the, the best of the best, you, you're doing well at 18. Yeah, that's it's going to be a, a big award, I reckon, in the next few years, mm. obviously with the talent coming through, yeah, and I think sure. we'll see really close um, counts Tally, for yeah. it, and I'm really excited to see who takes that one out tonight. But the big one, the MVP, the best player in the competition, the female yeah. Brownlow, yeah. Um, who's your tip? You said you thought Jazz Garner was going to take out all the awards. I'm presuming <laughs> yeah. that means you think she's going to finally work out a way to poll some votes with the umpires. Yeah, I really hope for her sake that this is the year that she actually gets um, recognised by the umpires and polls a, a few votes. But yeah, I think she'll probably win it. I reckon it'll be pretty close. I think Chloe Malloy will be up there. Um, whether Noffy and, and Hatcher, they'll probably take votes off each other at times, but I think they'll both be up there. Um, both Prosparkuses are a, a chance of being up there. So I think I do actually think it's going to be a really, really close count, um, but I do think Jazzy will, will take it. She deserves it. Yeah, I think it'll be super close. Obviously, Mon Conti always bowls really well yeah, purely because yep. she's a very good player, um, but also yeah, does some true. fantastic things on the field. Um, I'm with you. I think it'll be out of Jazz Garner. I think it'll be Chloe Malloy will be very close up mm-hmm. there. I don't think many in the Swans. Laura Gardner had a, a great yeah, season, she but she does the in and under work, not as rewarded as the players like the, Malloy. The stuff. Yeah, 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 gets ahead, kicks goals when she needs to. Um, the other one I think is a really, really big chance given the season 
season that Geelong had is Georgie Prasparkis. Mm. I think her ability to break away from contests, she does some things that really change the game. And I think she's a super eye-catching player. And I think at the end of the day, the umpires have so much they need to focus on the game. To then work out who to vote for, I think those things really play a little bit of a part to human nature when it comes to it. But... Geez, I wouldn't like to be the umpires. They've got so much to do. <laughs> they do. They've got a lot to do. A lot to do yeah. on the field that actually count towards the game and then post-game think about, oh, who do we give the best on ground to? Three, yeah. two, one. I know when I commentate, it's really hard to sort of pick out pick who plays, you think yeah. is the best. So yeah. we'll keep an eye out to see how Ellie Blackburn goes in the All-Australian <laughs> team. Obviously a teammate of ours, so we're, well, teammate of yours, <laughs> player of mine. Um, we're very invested in Ellie Blackburn here. Yeah. <laughs> But enjoy your evening. Get along to the W Awards. Make sure that everyone, please, buys their ticket for the grand final. Kirsty Lamb, thank you so much for joining us on Footy Talk. Thanks for having me. Listener.